Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. is it when you're beaten for your faults if you take it patiently but when you do good and suffer if you take it patiently this is commendable before God for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps who committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth who when he was reviled did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously. In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us through the book of 1 Peter to commit our lives to the Lord. Commitment sometimes requires suffering. Christ suffered on our behalf, and we as Christians will also go through times of suffering, but God has every victory. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 2 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 1 of today's message. When I first started attempting to study and teach the Bible, there was one class that I taught, and this was 28 years ago, and there was a guy in the class who was actually much older than me, and I began by sort of apologizing for myself. You know, sometimes we do that when we're, when we're not totally secure in our public speaking or whatever, you know, we start off by trying to lower everybody's expectation, right? It's like, you're probably going to be disappointed today, so don't be surprised if you're disappointed today, but I'm going to do the best I can. Afterward, this guy came up to me and he said, don't ever do that. If you're teaching the Bible, don't ever do that. He said, I come here expecting to hear not so much from you as from the Spirit of God. And that day, that guy taught me a really valuable lesson. We need to expect God to speak to us because he said in the Bible that he would. He promised us that he himself would be our teacher, that he himself would speak to us. And and I realized, you know, that day that this guy was right. And time and time and time again, I've seen that where it's kind of funny, actually. I, I couldn't help but get tickled, you know, when the Lord showed me that the days when I feel worst about a message, those are often the days when he moves the most powerfully in people's lives. And I'm left scratching my head. You know, it's, it's not my preparation, although I try to be diligent and faithful and prepare and study, you know, it's, but it's not my eloquence. The apostle Paul, for crying out loud, at one point he said, you know, I came to you not with, I'm paraphrasing, not with smooth speech, not with eloquent words, not with a convincing argument in the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And that's what we're talking about here. God has something that he'd like to speak to your heart if you're listening. Now, the first time I really personally experienced that from a pastor, it's kind of funny. It was nothing he said. I think that's often the way it is. 
he read a verse of scripture and the Lord just began to highlight some things to me from that verse in the Bible. I missed the whole sermon. I missed everything the guy said. You understand what I'm, God, God was speaking to me. Now see, that's my prayer every time I get up here that God will speak to you. Even if you actually get nothing out of my message, if I read something and God starts talking to you, you have my permission to ignore me for the rest of the time. You see what I'm saying? If God is talking to your heart, listen. First Peter chapter two, verse 11, the spirit of the living God cries out here. He says, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors or to those who were sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, as willing slaves, in other words, of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. What credit is it when you're beaten for your faults, if you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness." By whose stripes you were healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now, we're going to consider three points from this passage today, but I want to give you a little sub-point or a kind of a beginning observation before we even get into it. You know, Pastor in, in Calvary Chapel in Philadelphia is fond of saying, Jesus Christ did everything perfectly, and they crucified him for it. So what do you expect? You think you're going to get off somehow without, you know, without persecution, without suffering, without being falsely accused, without being lied about, without being harassed? No, it's, it's not going to happen. He says, Peter here says, just be sure that you're being persecuted, harassed, you know, so forth and so on for your good works, not because you deserve to be persecuted, harassed, put in jail, put in prison, whatever, right? If you suffer for doing good, awesome. If you suffer because you're a criminal, and you endure that patiently, he says, that, that, that doesn't really get you any brownie points, so to speak. Three things, though, as we dig into this. The first, I want to draw your attention to the fact that the Lord expects us all to live with a missionary mindset. In verse 11 of this passage, the Spirit of God pleads with us through Peter. He says, beloved, I beg you. That's pretty strong language, right? I mean, how often do you think about God as a beggar? You think about God begging, and yet that's what's happening right here. Almighty God, through the, the pen here of Peter, is pleading, he's begging as sojourners and pilgrims. In other words, view yourselves the way he does as those passing through. Sojourner, you travel, you're on a journey. Pilgrims, you, this is not home. 
He says, please, 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 abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And anytime you see that word, realize what he's talking about here in the Bible when he uses the phrase Gentiles. This is not merely a distinction between Jew and non-Jew. This is a distinction between people of God and people who are not of God. People who have no relationship, no concern, no fear of God. Having your conduct honorable among those who don't know the Lord. That when they speak against you as evildoers, when they accuse you of wickedness, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, when, when judgment day comes, they're going to have to acknowledge, well, yeah, I mean, I, I know. He, he, really, he really did the best he could. He, he really, yeah, she really was a good person. I, I made all that up. This very phrase, though, sojourners, pilgrims, it's a deliberate reminder that we're not to allow ourselves to become too entangled in the things of this world. You and I are not here to put down deep roots in this life. It's not permanent. And I've given you the illustration before. You know, if my wife and I went out to Southern California last week, we did not ship the king-size bed, nor the big screen TV. We didn't send the sofa. Why not? The Mills family, they're moving up to North Carolina. Actually, they have made the move, right? Loaded up a U-Haul, the whole deal, right? We sent no U-Haul to LA on Saturday last week. Why not? We were only going to be there till Tuesday. How foolish would that be? Send it and then have to send it right back. That's kind of what he's saying here. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul exhorted Timothy. He said, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. What I've taught you, find other faithful guys to teach them the same thing. He says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes in athletics, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. What's he saying? He's like, listen, if you're in a battle, if you're in a war, you need to be focused on the battle. If you're in, you know, competing in an athletic competition, you need to be focused on what you're doing. If you're running a race, don't be looking around, taking in the scenery. I remember my daughter, when she was about 14 years old, she was doing this thing. It was a, a Navy, U.S. Navy program that she was participating in. And one of the little comments that we got back was that she didn't complete her run in the time that was allotted. You know, she didn't make her time. And her supervisor or whatever, her camp counselor said if she would talk a little less and run a little more, she would have made the time. As our time with you today comes to a close, we'd like to thank you for listening to today's message on Main Thing Radio. We hope Pastor Robert's teaching has encouraged you personally and brought you a deeper understanding of your Savior. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Robert, visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. You'll also be able to learn more about Pastor Robert Fountain, the ministry of Main Thing Radio, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Right now, we'd like to take a moment and share how you can be involved in the future of Main Thing Radio. God is using ministries like this one to reach multitudes of people across the nation and the world. We feel so blessed to be a part of this virtual mission field, and we're excited to see where God will take us in the future. We'd like to ask you to join us in seeking God's will for our ministry and for the people who will be touched by Main Thing Radio. We'd also like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio financially. For donations of $20 or more, we have a special thank you gift to send you. This month, we're featuring Pastor Chuck Smith's autobiography, 
a memoir of grace. Pastor Chuck shares his journey, the highs and lows, and how looking back offered a great perspective on how God had had a hand in his life. For more information or to contribute, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. Thanks again for listening today. Be sure to tune in again for more from God's Word right here on Main Thing Radio.